0: Mike and i dive into this episode kind of as coaches today to discuss whether coaching should be emotionally draining or if it's an emotional investment of your time and we go through a lot of the uh, tips and tactics that we use really mentoring ourselves as younger coaches in a way um, of things we wish we knew then now on how to approach practice and how to approach uh, coaching youth hockey a little bit of a better mindset that uh, helps you get through the season, helps you get through the year. We also discuss a lot about how parents should be uh, approaching this and kind of viewing their coaches uh, in this episode. So it's a really great one. Uh, before we dive into the episode, if you love what you're hearing, which you obviously do because many of you listen, you've made us a top 10 show in hockey, uh, we'd appreciate it if you would pause real quick and give us a five-star review wherever you're listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Outcasts, out, wherever you're listening, we appreciate if you could give us that uh, that extra boost um, of those reviews. It really helps us a lot. And if you haven't done so already, make sure to check out our page on Facebook, Our Kids Play Hockey. Our group is where you can ask questions. You can continue uh, discussion from some of the episodes we've had. We have a lot of people there that post uh, as themselves or anonymously um, asking for help from the community. It's really been a, a wonderful place for everybody. So check that out. Again, Our Kids Play Hockey on Facebook. Rank Our Kids Play Hockey wherever you listen to podcasts, but above all, enjoy this episode with Mike and I as we discuss, should hockey coaching be emotionally draining? Here we go. Hello, hockey friends and families around the world, and welcome to another edition of Our Kids Play Hockey. We have a fantastic question today submitted by one of our users. Mike and I were discussing it on the air for a while. Mike. Yes, Lee. Go ahead. I have the question here. I'm going to give it to the audience now. They're eagerly waiting, and I've been teasing them too long. The question is, should coaching youth hockey be emotionally draining? It's a great question. Many people listening right now going, I'm emotionally drained as a parent, as a coach. But today, we're going to discuss this as coaches of how emotionally draining or not emotionally draining coaching youth hockey is. Because I think it's an important perspective that everyone gets, Mike. I really believe that. Yeah, uh, well,
1: yeah. I get everybody. Yes, you 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 are by by definition when you're coaching at any level, you're emotionally invested. Hopefully. Hopefully you're not some cyborg and just come out there and don't have any care about who you're working with and you won't what last you're doing. If you do, right? do
0: that.
1: <laughs> yeah, well and, and maybe you will. I don't I mean you know, I see a lot of cyborgs out there though. So I think I think if you're not if you're if you're emotionally invested, that's probably um, a good sign you care, but should you? But what is that emotional investment consists of, and and right. at what detriment to your emotional health does it? Um, should it manifest itself?
0: Well, I, I can tell you this um, with youth hockey specifically. When so I started- define, define our youth hockey here today, we're 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 talking about like ten u. Yeah, I would say 10 you down. I mean, in my experience, I'm talking about just starting with Adams for the first time. I'm going to kind of go through my journey a little bit. You've been through the whole thing. Um, and again, like I came into Adams after having coached very high levels for quite a bit of time. And I'm not going to lie to you. The first season or two, uh, I was completely emotionally compromised and it was draining. But that's because I had not matured yet in the role. And I'm 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 hoping to be able to share. Here's what I've learned. From coaching those levels, that has really, in my opinion, made me a, a much better, uh, emotionally stable person. Um, when coaching those levels, because I really do feel like I have a grip on it now. Um, but I'll tell you right now, Mike, when I started, um, I had very little patience. I had a lot of anxiety. I mean, my kid was on the ice, which probably didn't help with that anxiety. I think if if I was just coaching kids, it would have been different. But yeah. um, I, I've said this before on the show, but I gotta say it again. I had to really learn how to be patient um, as a coach, as a parent. And it's not just on the ice. This is what I wanted to say. It's everything from hey, when we get home, you have to empty your bag, you have to dry your equipment, you have to pack your bag, and it was just none of it was happening. <laughs> I was really upset, uh, constantly saying to myself like I really am not enjoying this. And then I remember there was a moment, Mike, <clears throat> I kind of hit this uh, wall, and I said, you know, it's not, it's not the kids, it's me, right? And and when I when I hit that place, things started to change. Like I'm expecting at the time you know, a six, seven year old to kind of know what to do with their bag. And I'm I'm probably speaking pretty aggressively. It's like, I wasn't even making an environment where it was going to be conducive to learning. It was just a hassle. Right. So what I, what I did was I decided I'm going to change my mentality here. I'm going to be insanely patient instead of thinking these kids are going to get something in one practice or two practices. It might take them the entire season. And I, I have to be okay with that from on the ice in terms of the hockey bag, it's maybe I should help him first or help her first, uh, before I get on them and and just find a better way to teach. Because at the end of the day, Mike, this is the big realization. One is that I play a role in my own emotional state, right? I, again, I went from being emotionally draining to emotionally invested. And then the other big realization is that coaching young kids, it's like preschool, kindergarten, first grade. You you have to have the same level of patience with these kids that your those teachers do because they're the same age. It's the same thing in school for them. Um, And again, once I got there, I I really started to change. And again, now I'm in a position, um, Mike, and I'm going to throw it to you, that I I really am very comfortable now with progress and or lack of progress might be the better word um, or emotional outbursts from a nine-year-old, eight-year-old, seven-year-old, which is really kind of somewhat normal Um, and just being patient with all of it. I've I've gotten myself there. But if you're a new coach (laughs) or you're the parent of a kid on a team with a new coach uh, it's hard <laughs> it's really really hard
1: yeah I mean like so when I was when I was direct when I was um, overseeing the coaching education program for our district the first, the first literally the first two weeks I was in the role the first thing I did was seek out preschool and kindergarten teachers that coach hockey and I'm like that is the key like it doesn't right. matter what it doesn't matter if you know any hockey and frankly it doesn't even matter if you know math, science, and in English in preschool and first grade. It really doesn't. It matters. Can you emotionally invest your time in kids and have the patience and the understanding that there's, they're, it's impossible for those children to feed off of what you think they should be at six and seven and eight years old? Now, the caveat to this is: Are there eight-year-olds that are that are fifteen-year-olds? Yes, there are. There are kids that are very mature, that are tying their skates at four years old, that are taping their own stick, that are watching game film. There just are. I mean, and, and you yeah, that's good. That's that's great. I think that's great for those families. I guess it's 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 not a it's 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 a it's a you know if that's your child, then then hey, you're you're. You're ahead of the game, I guess, as far as the, you know, the amount of pressure you put on yourself as a coach or a parent that your kid needs to aspire to be a pro hockey player. But for ninety-eight percent of the rest of us, a six-year-old is still playing with Legos, is still not cleaning their room on a consistent basis.
0: I'm barely read. Is is is, <laughs> is 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 is
1: the, is this yeah. is the kid that says Oh, I know you made me dinner the last three hours, but I don't like that. So I would like a dinosaur chicken nugget.
0: <laughs> Everybody I, is I, nodding with you, Mike. On that one. I, and I get it.
1: I, I and, and that's, and I, and I, listen, I was, I was that coach. I was the coach when I was 23 years old, working with kids, s- screaming and yelling. Why don't you get this? These kids gotta be the stupidest people I've ever met in my life. And like, Why? aren't you listening to me? Right. Well, because you're boring and these drills are hard and I don't understand them. And what the hell are you doing? <laughs> like, like, and, and I always resort to it. I mean, it's so funny when, when we're working with new instructors now at the learn to play level and the intro to hockey and even with older adults, like we would do an adult hockey, learn to play. Always resort and fall to fun. Always. Something's not going well, play tag absolutely the kids are a little erratic play keep away the kids are are not listening and they're not engaged your drills are boring they're <laughs> not not fun so i mean any you you can engage any 7 year old any get 7 year old if you watch and look and educate yourself um you can engage any 7 year old now i think the conversation kept stemming around and and the and the kind of the call in and discussion was around You know, the emotional, like, how do you control that emotion as an adult? Like, and where and where does it go over the line? Like, are you are you really that adult that is just losing their mind in in a in a in an hour? I mean, imagine going like I just can't imagine anymore. I can't imagine going to a 50 minute practice with a bunch of six year olds and dreading it and being like, oh, this is the worst thing I can be doing out here. Because you know who
0: notices that? Those six year olds and the parents, and, and you know, right. what's interesting, Mike, and in what we both said here is that there was this moment of realization of it's not them, it's me. Right. And I, I think that that's part of the maturity of a coach, because look, I would say there's, there's lots of different coach forms. Most young new coaches come in with the attitude of I'm going to revolutionize how this is done and I can teach anybody and we're going to learn. And, we're... And, and And here's the thing. It's actually a great kind of thing. It's a great thought, right? You want to do a good job. That's really what you're saying um but it's very hard to relate to a six seven eight nine ten year old if you're not going to meet them where they're at um and one of the things you just said you know if the kids are not paying attention you know look look, i think there is some room for hey listen depending on the level when a coach is speaking you do need to listen i, I don't have a i don't have a problem instructing the kids of hey listen we do need to pay attention when coach is talking but if it's a habitual in the sense the kids aren't caring yeah, no you need to look at the drills are the drills fun and again listen we said younger this is true really up up the ranks i mean even when i was a teenager i wanted the drills to be fun they had a higher purpose All right, well, i, I guess that, the, the,
1: yeah so so the answer to that is right are they age appropriate right so go. they, they, they yeah. can be fun but are they age appropriate like i watched so we just did a program in the bronx with a bunch of uh first second and third graders intro to hockey and these teachers were on it like You, you, all the kids are yelling. I'm I'm like, everybody listen. Everybody's got to listen, sit down. And they're like, they just do one little, like, like little.
0: Yep. That's yep. Like three, two, one. Boom. All the kids are listening. So what I do just so you know, I love to give actionable items. Is I will always say, if you can hear me, put your hands on your head, put your hands on your head. If you can hear me, kids understand Simon says they always have. In fact, last night we had a game and they were a little rowdy before the game. I played Simon Says, man. They all perked up. I know that game. We can play Simon Says, right? Easy. So, so again, to your point, one of the things that I actually sought out, and we—I would love to share this information, right—is I realized pretty quickly in the youth hockey journey, I need to start looking at elementary education, education, like I need to speak to teachers and learn how they do this every day, and somehow survive that, because that was the missing piece. And and look, USA Hockey or Hockey Canada can only go so far with that aspect. They're not going to teach you to be an elementary school teacher. It's not really their job, right? So I sought out that extra information. I started talking to my kids' teachers. Hey, what are the methods that you use to get them to pay attention? What are the methods you use when they're not paying attention? And guess what, Mike? They were more than happy. They were so shocked that someone even asked. Like, they were more than happy to
1: say Well, the funniest thing is, if you asked a phys ed teacher, I said, would you ever take 20 kids, line them up on the gym, go down to the other side of the gym, and yell directions at them about what they need to do in this technical aspect of a skill. And I look at you like, what are no, you crazy? Like right. half the kids would be beating each other up. The other kids would be hiding under the bleachers. Two kids would have walked outside the back door already. And it's just like you know, there's no way to corral those kids. It's like, right. and and then I think you know, the one concept that the, that certainly USA Hockey has been a leader in and around the world, watching international hockey, is like the station based small environments where. You can have a coach be with like Matt. Yeah. it's just so much easier to work at five kids than 50. Right. And when you can start pinpointing, no matter what skill level you are, it doesn't matter what 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 skill level you are at with with six and seven year olds. It's can you be engaging, emotionally connected? And can you look like can you can you can you put a smile on your face that kids can see and communicate with them? And then it doesn't even have to be in like a in a in a verbal way. It could be, you know, like a physical way. If you're out there, you know poke check and, and moving them out like i've seen a lot of videos and you know this is all context right you all look like i don't know i i, I often don't judge people's ability to coach based off a 30 second clip or a 10 second clip or you, never, you know somebody will yeah. post like oh look at this guy how's the kids doing a circle drill and but and or and i do and i've been guilty of this too like in the like just kind of coming into a practice and be like oh my god this is what is going on out here? But you know, you don't know the whole context. You don't know, maybe that guy's out there alone. Maybe he didn't, maybe he thought he usually has five coaches and today he has one. You know, I, I saw a video the other day of a coach hitting a kid in the shin guards and then kind of rubbing him in the face. And I'm thinking going, Oh my god, this is horrible. How bad could this be? And I'm like, Jesus, I do that every day. Like I do that every day. Now I don't slash a kid to break his kneecaps, but I, I'm poking and 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 rubbing my face, you know put yeah. the kids yeah. on the ground and you're and you're if you're smiling they're smiling if yeah. you're engaged they're engaged if you're playing tag and you know i joke around with the kids all the time like i'm out there i'm, like, well, I'm gonna get you there's no way you're winning this battle i'm taking that ringette from you I'm taking that puck from you and they you know hopefully they want to compete it drives the competition out of them but i think yeah. if i was out there telling them to do a drill and they weren't getting it and they weren't listening and they weren't paying attention and, I, and my blood pressure is going up and up and up and up that's when you have to then say, okay, where am I emotionally here? Right. And how, why am I yelling at six-year-olds? And I don't, cause I don't, I think if all of us sat in our, in our kids, kindergarten and first grade classes, I think we would probably report every teacher that would do that to our kids. Right. I think, I think we, if we were, in able, a if we, if we yeah. sat in the classroom and we were able to go on a uh, live bar and classroom edition. And, and sit there and watch kindergarten and first Man, grade the class world would
0: implode if we did that
1: all day. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't believe that this teacher is swearing at my kid about not listening. Right. And I, and I, and I, I don't know why. I coach high school hockey players right now. And the same expectation I have for me and the kids is the same. I have for them when they left the classroom 25 minutes ago, you know, why are you swearing why are you F-bombing? Why are you like, why wh- Why is this now okay when it wasn't okay, you know, right. two hours ago? And I get it. Sport is, you know, there's a lot of latitude in sport. I I, I understand that. And I'm not trying to be soft here. But, but we do have an obligation, depending on the age appropriateness of where you're at with yeah. your kids, to be engaged with them in the same learning environment that they have during the day.
0: I, I'll say a couple things here, Mike. I wrote some notes while we were talking. I, I think that <clears throat> when it comes to sport, there's a level of discipline that needs to exist. right Now now my philosophy with discipline with younger kids is oh. kind of the 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 break them down to build them up kind of mentality. And when I say break them down, I don't mean verbally assault a kid. I'm saying that <clears throat> as the coach or coaches, again, there are times you need to listen to your coach's instruction. And if you are not listening, I, I will point you out. And I will say, excuse me, the coach is speaking or my other coach is speaking. You need to listen. It is not your turn to talk. I have no problem disciplining a kid. I will also always be, and I practice what I preach, and anybody who knows, has been on the ice with me knows this, I will also be the first one to high five that kid when they do a good job the next time. Or I will say, hey, you did a great job listening that time. You break them down to build them up. That's That is how I teach them. Um, that aspect. And I don't think there is anything wrong if it's done the right way of I- explaining that type of discipline to your children. And again, it's not why aren't you listening? You need to listen when the coach is speaking. It's not I'm not again, not verbally assaulting them, but I'm saying when a coach speaks, you listen. It's instructive. All right. And then same thing on a drill. If, if someone's not paying attention on a drill, I'm not going to scream down the ice. I'm going to, hey, come over here. We're going to start again because that's not what I explained. Were you paying attention again? I, I do think, and again, this is at any at any age level. If you start, quote unquote, soft, I mean, you're setting yourself up. You, you need to start with a certain expectation of this is kind of how it goes when, when the coaches speak. You will listen. These are my expectations. Now, with that said, this is kind of the other thing I wrote down. You have to have realistic expectations. It is not realistic for me to think that seven, eight, nine, 10-year-olds are going to listen on every word that I say, every practice at every time. That is absolutely not realistic in any way, right? So I expect to have to do some of this explanation or discipline or whatever word you want to use there. And I think that where a lot of coaches run into the emotionally draining side, Mike, and this is where I want to throw it back to you, is they'll come in with this expectation of this season – I want to accomplish these 15 things with this team. They can't skate, pass, or shoot. And when I'm done with this team, they're going to be the best in the league. Like, you you, you don't know the team yet. You, You can come in with some expectations, but after five or six practices, you have to be willing. And, again, Mike, this is where a lot of coaches get lost. You have to be willing to throw that expectation list in the garbage and say, okay, listen, we need to work on skating. And at the end of the season, if these kids can skate somewhat efficiently and that's it, especially at the younger ages, I'm talking, I've done my job. And, and again, I'm working with the team right now. We had a coaches meeting and 15 things came up in this coaches meeting. Every one of them, a legit thing the team needs to work on. And I instructed us, I said, listen, we got to break this down to three things that we want to work on over the, over the season right now. And we will start with one of them. And when we feel we, we get proficient enough in that one, then we can move on because one builds to the next right? You, you can't jump into tactics like I- extreme hockey tactics if they can't pass efficiently or they can't transition efficiently. So you got to be willing to <clears throat> raise or lower your expectations to meet those kids where they're at and to have a very clear view of what is it that from a development standpoint, we need to work on this year. If you can do that, the emotionally draining part of it becomes emotional investment because now you have really clear, good expectations and goals for the team. And you can tell the players that Mike, you can say, Hey, listen, I want you guys and girls to be great skaters by the end of the season. So we're going to work on that. Mike sauce on the puck to you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, so again, I I just, I I think I, I think I fall on the words of, you know, where, (laughs) okay, if you're working, if you're working with a certain age group and let's go back to this age appropriate age group, I think, I think actually in the clip, these are, these are like, uh, and some of the conversations are are around, like these are six, you know, five, six, seven year old kids. These weren't, these weren't high school. Like I, like I have certain rules, right? Whistle blows or or a drill ends and we're going in or it's a non-shooting drill. You're not shooting. Like if the the whistle blows and we're calling everyone in and we're, we're going to, we're transitioning to the next activity. You're not ripping pucks off the, off the, you know, the back of my head. Like it's right. just an expectation. And if you do, there's a, there's a discipline there. And I, I have that at every level. Right. So now am I worrying about a five-year-old hitting me? No, but I'm worrying yeah. about an 18 year old hitting me. Like I, I don't want, you know, where I, I, everybody relaxes, the whistle blows. And all of a sudden this guy wants to wheel around and take a puck off the, you know, yeah. uh, to, off the post. So, so little things like that, right. Or um, it depends on the age, but if we're talking about, you know, coaches that get emotionally crazy, Um, emotionally invested or or overzealous about certain aspects aspects of where they're at teaching. A lot of it's because you're trying to teach. (laughs) I mean, you're you're trying to, you're, you're, you're trying to do stuff that for for most of the kids in your team concepts that they don't need to understand, want to understand, or even benefits them from understanding. You know, if you can find ways to play, 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 just, be an area, you know, again, if you need technical pieces of stick handling and block drills and, you know, tactical stuff, that's fine. In In my opinion, after uh Jesus, you know, like 35, 40 years of doing this consistently, <laughs> you,
0: don't, you don't have to count it out on the air. Man. I, I <laughs> just don't I just don't
1: think it's I just don't think it benefits the six year old. I really don't. I think there's like when I watch coaches do. Flow drill breakouts with seven year olds and eight year olds and mites. It is absolutely now. Can they do it? And do some of the kids look like they can they do can it? Can do something like they that. they're out there, but they're robotic. Like if you're yelling at a kid for not taking the puck behind the net, hitting the winger, and then the winger hits the it hits the centerman, I it's cutting across the top of the you know circle. I I see it every day. I walk into rinks every day, and I'm looking like why is, why do people accept this? Like why do people want a seven year old? Uh, to look like an 18 year old. And why do the coaches, why do they get so emotionally crazy about them not being able to teach that? And what it tells me is they just don't know. They are just not educated to know that they can't teach it. Right. That I it's see. just not in the, it's not in the lexicon of what they should be teaching those eight year olds. You know, just isn't.
0: one of the, you know, I'll one get of pushed
1: back. I'll get pushed back from the triple a elite coaches. I get it. Um, but you're dealing with very, very few people, kids. And even at the elite level with those few kids, there's very few of
0: those kids right. that are well, getting it. The, to get to the elite level, a lot of things have to happen for a player to get that good, right? Well, that, I'm that, saying that,
1: elite too, at seven year olds. So that's, I'll, I'll. Oh, I'll, oh
0: you're, you're making the sarcastic. Look, here's the deal everybody advances differently. Like hockey players are like kids who read or do math, everybody develops a little bit differently. You're going right. to, some people, I have seen athletes become 15 or 16 and you never would have given them a look. And then suddenly they are the best player on the ice by far because they're great athletes. But Mike, I want to rewind back. You know, one of the, the most eye opening moments for me by that 10 years ago um, was, I remember I was in a coaching uh, clinic for younger kids. It's kind of one of the first times I ever had to do that. And uh, I was asked to describe a stride, like a hockey stride mechanically. Um, and I had a really hard time with it because I've never had to do it. I could always just hmm. skate. You know, I was always coaching older people that, that older people, you know, older players that knew how to skate. And suddenly I'm being I'm being asked mechanically from the core to the hip, to the knee, to the ankle, to the placement, to the dry. I mean, things I had never thought about before. And I'm realizing right. in this moment, like, wow, I don't know how to teach someone how to skate. I mean, I do, but I don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and I can show them. Right.
1: But I can't put it on a whiteboard and say, listen, this is what I need you to do.
0: Right. And and it's, you know, that was another eye opening moment for me of just, hey, you don't know everything, right? You, you can always be learning. And it's like you're saying with the breakout of you're, you're teaching them something before, you know, there's 10 steps before the breakout. Now, I, I also understand at the really young ages, it's like you know, if we can get the breakout down, we can get goals we can get goals, we can win games. Well, I mean, look, <clears throat> first off, it might they don't keep score most of the time. You know, by the time you get to squirt, you know, that's a good skill set to start learning. But if they don't understand the purpose or the skill sets behind it, you know what ends up happening? Defense rings it around the boards, winger misses it, goes to the defenseman on the other team. They shoot the puck, defense gets it, rings it around. It becomes cyclical, right? When there's a lot of like, you know, again, personally, I think possession is an important skill to understand of don't don't just play ping pong with the puck. Let's build some confidence in our players of holding on to the puck. And having someone earn the puck from them. And I, I always tell my players, look, <clears throat> I tell adult league players this. If you have the puck and there's no pass, don't just throw it away. And if you have the puck and a player comes to you and takes it from you, they've earned the puck. I'd rather they earn it beating you than you just throw it to the other team. Now, that that is to me, along with skating and stick handling and passing, a valuable lesson for a young kid. of You don't have to throw it away right away. You do need to look for your teammates but you don't have to throw it away, right? So <clears throat> little things like that. Um, just keeping the conversation on, on uh, course here, Mike. Another thing I want to bring about just with emotional draining, there's some advice I got as a high school player that I think applies heavily, equally to coaches and parents for that matter. And I remember I was, uh, I was being driven to a game by one of my coaches and I was having a, just a hard time. It was high school, I was having a hard day, whatever. Life was happening. And he said to me, you know, when you walk in this rink, You leave all that outside. You have to leave all of it outside. You're here to play hockey, play hockey. This is your place of peace. And, you know, honestly, to that point, no one had really told me that. And we talk a lot on the show about being present, right? It's the same thing as a coach. This is what the kids don't understand. And by the way, the kids don't care. If you had a hard day at work or you had an argument with your spouse or you had horrible, horrible traffic on the way over or the weather is bad, A, kids, they don't care. Nor should they care. It's not their job to care about that. They're kids. B, you got to leave all of it outside the rink. When you walk into that rink, it should be a fresh place for you. You have to leave the day outside. And here's the reason why. You deserve that as a human. And the kids, most importantly, deserve that too. When you walk into that rink, all of the stresses in your life, I know it's not as easy as it sounds. You got to leave it outside the door. Because when you walk in that, that rink, you're a coach now. I mean, you're coach all the time, but you know what I mean, right? So it can be a place of peace for you too. But I think if you walk in there with the, I had a horrible day and now I got to coach these kids, you are just completely setting yourself up for disappointment, right? Now, I got to say this too, at the same time, parents that don't coach, remember, yeah. your coaches have had a hard day. Sometimes you don't know what they're coming from. You don't know that. You, if you, here's a good one. If you hit traffic, getting your kid to practice, it's a good chance the coach did too right? And trust me, none of us want to show up 10 minutes before practice fumbling around with the game plan or the practice plan. You got to remember that the coaches have lives too. And I know many of you do. I, I to be fair, Mike, like many, many parents always, often ask, how are you doing? Is everything okay? I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that everybody's rude, but you know, if you see the coach on the ice has had a bad day, yeah, maybe he had a bad day. Maybe she had a bad day. All right. We're human, right? So we, we all have to exercise some patience with that to a point, right? That, you know, if someone's out of line, they're out of line, but
1: Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, well, no, I mean, I think that's why you got to be careful about when you're at the youth level, right? Everybody's driving, you're driving, they're driving their kids, yeah. you kids know, hard driving. fast rules of, <laughs> right. of you know, oh, you have to be there, you know, an hour before a game. And then you show up five minutes before the game and you're late. Like, do you, how do you discipline yourself? Like, what do you like? You know, it's just there's there's all there's all kinds of, you know, th- there's all kind of pitfalls at the at, at the youth hockey level that 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 everybody likes to look like they're, you know, coaching in the NHL. But you know, there's a, there's a lot of other aspects, and and you know, listen, I was at a college hockey game uh, just a couple of weeks ago. I think the bus was late, and they had a, they had to move the game an hour. A college hockey game, Division oh, One college hockey game. Wow. You know, so so they decided to wait and say, listen, things happen. You know, accidents happen, and things break down, and you know, travels not the same. Something you know, this is you know, not these guys aren't nice. making millions of dollars. Yeah, so I, I mean, I, it, but again, it, it comes down to you know, understanding if you're a coach at the youth level. And you're, and you're tasked to work with all these little 6 seven-year-olds, you know, I don't know. I, I just, when, when I hear, like, somebody having emotional difficulty coaching at an age, number one, I feel terrible for them because they're just not maybe equipped to coach at that level or their expectation, they're just uneducated about what that level consists of and really, and really and really what they should expect from that level. And I think that's where... You know, I think that all governing bodies need to do a better job of, of teaching um, the psychology of coaches that work with adolescents. I agree with him. And, and, and the adolescent piece changes like an eight year old is so different than a 12 year old. We don't we don't
0: I'm not trying to we don't yeah. do enough from an educational standpoint to prepare coaches for that. We do a great job of skill development, like explaining what drills you can do we do a great job of uh, like safe sport like what you can't do uh but we don't do a great job of teaching right, like here's how to deal with yeah, an 8 year old
1: yeah it's funny cuz the drills are the least important thing that we right. that we need to know they really are for a 7 year old it's yeah. the least important thing you need well, to what know what am i paying for Mike?
0: what am i paying for as a parent
1: right you're paying you for, for that you're paying for that coach to get out there and hopefully your kid plays next year That's i always what say
0: sweaty for. heads go to bed
1: all right <laughs> just just see being like, I love that engagement. I, li- I like the, I like the coach that, listen, I'm, you know, my kids have been with a lot of coaches that I don't agree with, like philosophically, like, like looked like, or, or looking like, Oh my God, this guy, what's he doing out here? But you know what? They come off the ice and they love it. Like, they, like, not like, oh, know. The guy was so happy and he's really having fun and he's goofy. And he, I'm like, listen, that's great. You want to come back? Yeah. I love it. Okay, great. Let's come back. I mean, you know, so I gotta, you know, you, you gotta, you know, I'm not, but I, again, I probably don't, I I sit with other parents, you know, around the rink and they're all like, oh my God, they got to work on this. Or how come, you know, you know, loser losers work on loser things. This is what I'm like, (laughs) there's seven, even 10. Like, okay. If your kid's not an elite athlete at 10, then maybe they're just having fun. They just want to have hockey. And if you're in that same group, like if you're sitting next to me, then your kid isn't elite. Or, you know, if you're sitting in that group that your kid's not the best player in the country right now, then they aren't the best player in the country and make sure they're having fun. They love the sport. And I, and I always, I always, I come from it from a, from a grow the game, loving hockey perspective. Like you don't have to, your ability to play at a high level has nothing to do with your love for the game. And your ability to coach at a high level has nothing to do with your love for hockey. If you love hockey and you love working with kids and teaching them the sport what that level looks like is irrelevant to me as a parent. Right. Like I don't need you to have played division one college hockey and aspire to be a pro coach. I need you to be in, I need you to be invested in making sure that the hour you're on the ice with my kid is safe, fun, and, I, I, you know, I'll throw the word developmental out there, but I think they just develop by having fun. If they're out and having fun and they're moving and they're touching pucks, they're getting, they're, they're
0: developing. Well, I, I'm going to say this again. I think that the best skating instruction my son and daughter ever got was chasing each other in a public session without me on the ice. I'll maintain Tag. that. Tag right. is the best. Yeah. And, and I'm watching them, Mike. I'm watching them. They're doing things that they don't even realize they're doing. They're skating backwards, skating forward. They're going down. They're going up. They're, do- they're grittying on the ice, which is balance. Kids self-teach a lot. I'm not, I'm going to echo what you said. I'm not saying instruction is not important, but I mean, every statistic shows that instruction within a fun environment is more powerful than just instruction. Because here's the thing, and, and parents need to hear this too. We can instruct your kids completely. Like we can make it no fun, full instruction. And you might think that, okay, well, they'll develop. They're just doing what we're telling them to do now. They're not learning anything. They're just doing whatever coach says because that's what coach said to do. Just
1: mimicking the, mimicking
0: the, the skill and, that, yeah, and that's, I, that's I, not learning. The, the why behind the skill, like telling a kid, if you can become a great skater, you can become a great shooter and a great passer and a great teammate. The why behind becoming a great passer. I'm about to do a clinic here in a few weeks, a playmakers clinic. And I'm realizing, Mike, there's not too many playmakers clinic out there. And the whole clinic is going to be based on uh, passing the puck. And you know where we're starting this clinic? It's not on passing. It's, let me tell you why passing is important. Let me tell you how to catch a pass properly and why that matters when you're making a pass or taking a pass or giving a pass or receiving a pass. You know, I'm going to make it fun. I'm going to make passing fun. I, I always love being a playmaker, but I want to make the kids to feel that too, right? So like you're saying, it it has to be fun, my friends. If it's not fun for you as the coach and not every practice is going to be perfect, it's not going to be fun for the kids if it's not fun for you. Right. You know, Mike, another one of my, my coaching evolution. And, and again, look, this is just me. There's no judgment on anyone really with what I'm about to say. But I remember when I started coaching, I used to wear, um, you know, the the, the track suits of some of the teams I've coached um, mainly because it's what I had. I wasn't necessarily trying to show off or anything like that, but I kept doing this. And I remember like one time I didn't have my track suit and I was like, why don't you just wear a hoodie and like pants? Like, I don't, like, what, why am I going out of my way to find this coaches? And now I just, I kind of go out in a hoodie and like, you know, athletic pants. And I'm like, what do I care what I look? Nobody cares what I look like right now. Again, anyone who wears a, a track suit, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Wear whatever makes you comfortable. Um, but I'm saying is like, th- this is me kind of shedding the layers of like, I don't, I don't need, you know, to look a certain way to coach these kids. I don't need to look like a coach. I think in my hoodie and my athletic pants, it's like, I'm almost on their level. Right. And I I want them to understand this. I want to have fun with you. And the drills can be fun if you listen and pay attention and you understand why we're doing them. We'll make these drills fun. Reiterate. Is every practice perfect? No. Do kids need to be disciplined at times? A thousand percent. Right. Are there times you need to stop a practice because it's going so bad? Yes. But but it all starts from a place of love, as Mike said, a place of fun uh, and the understanding that life is emotionally draining. (laughs) Not just hockey. then you got to prepare yourself for that.
1: Right. So a couple of things there. If you're, if you're, if your practice is not um, going well, I would almost, I almost give you a 90% chance that you probably didn't plan practice.
0: Oh, percent. I'd say it's
1: a 100% chance. So, so, so if you're, if you're practicing going well, it's because you're probably winging it and you had no plan, you have no support and you really didn't, you're trying to do drills that you're incapable of doing because you didn't even know how many kids you were going to have. Right. or how many coaches you're going to have or where your ice was going to be. So that's the number one thing. Number two is, you know, I think there there needs to be the, the adage of, you know, kids don't know uh, how much, you know, don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That's that, that uh, Joe uh, is it Joe Eastman or uh, who came up, came up with that, the football guy, right. That, that, that's a, such a true statement. Like they don't, care i've watched coaches i've watched veteran coaches st- sit there in, in in a mic practice saying do you know that in 1987 i coached for all americans do you know who i am when i co-? and the kids are looking i'm like i don't even know where i am right now like i don't even know what you're talking about like what's an all-american I, I you
0: no know, I, just,
1: I just i just like i don't care what you did it doesn't matter who you know it doesn't matter where you played it matters what are you doing for me Mr. So, Mr. Benelli, Hey coach, so-and-so like, what are you doing for me right now? Oh, what am I doing for you right now? I'm chasing you around cause you're smiling and having fun and laughing and giggling. And, and I think that, you know, and if you have a, if you have a plan uh, that's not working, then the plan needs to be just have go and have fun.
0: Mike, I, I got a great metaphor for you to support your point, right? So I've done mites on ice many times. And when you do mites on ice in Philadelphia, Bob the Hound Kelly, Stanley Cup winner, champion, Hall of Fame player for the Flyers, always comes in the locker room. He's a, he's a gentleman. He always says hi to all the kids. You know, None of the kids really know who he is. And all the dads and moms are like, that's Bob Kelly. It's the Hound from the you know, 74 yeah. Flyers. right? <laughs> and uh, and then Gritty will come by. And the kids, <laughs> you know, they respond to Gritty for right. obvious reasons. Right. Now, those of you listening, think about your reaction to this. Of course they love gritty gritty's fun and crazy and plays hockey and Gritty's going to go on the ice for them for the Mites on ice. This has nothing to do with Bob Kelly, right? But it, 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 they oh. don't care who he is. They don't care that I told them who he is because gritty's here. So I guess what I'm start, trying to say, Mike is we should all be gritty. No, a lot of people don't want to do that. What I'm saying is that, that's, no, that's, that's just, that's it's
1: just, a, it's a that, character right. the kids like. Like I, I do a lot of, I do a lot of lacrosse clinics and hockey clinics that when we went out and purchased, you know, we do, um, we do Marvel days, right? So everyone, yeah. every now and then the kids pop out, I got all my junior guys show up in their Marvel you Know Captain America and the Hulk and Batman, Superman. I don't know if those are, I don't know if those are all technically Marvel, but whatever they
0: are, absolutely not technically all Marvel. okay. So, they're, they're so, the, so I call it day. Marvel
1: Day. So, I probably get a lot of critiques.
0: <laughs> you say um, comic book day, You're yeah, comic book that. day. I probably get like that's not Marvel.
1: How can that's he blast me? Half of How them were,
0: yeah, I, I know. There's a whole segment of the audience I mean, when going the Hulk crazy. is
1: with uh, with Batman. Like maybe it's not the same. That, that would never button. happen. Yeah.
0: Okay. It's okay though.
1: But they're on the same ice <laughs> together and uh and they're and they're and the kids literally could care. I could have so in lacrosse, right? We had two all American lacrosse guys out there working with our kids one time, doing some face offs and stick handling or uh, you know, uh, cradling and things like that. And and then I, and out from behind the trees, the the superheroes came out. They could care less. They first of all, they didn't even care before gone. <laughs> that they were there. Yeah. And these kids could have showed them anything, and they would, and they would have engaged and done it, whether it's wrong or right. It didn't matter. Right, right. For an hour, I couldn't get kids to leave. And 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 I had like we were paying these other guys like a lot of money to be there instructing all these nine year olds, and they're like, whatever, man. You know, I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. It's fun. Kids know fun right away, and and I do it in hockey all the time. Now it's not every day, like every just every once in a while. Boom, the you know Superman shows up on the ice, and all of a sudden, chasing Superman around becomes so much more energized and energetic. And you know, then we go back to you know the, the subject matter here, right? And that's what what the emotional. You know, content of my, you know, how I feel and practice. And I'm like, emotionally, like that would have a, a long time ago give me a lot of anxiety because I would be like, oh my God, we have like a half hour. We can't get, like, I, I, I'm, and these kids are all running around like crazy people. And I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get them to learn how to break out of the zone. Right. And, and like, they're like, well, we don't even know what you're talking about, coach. Like, I don't care about breaking out of the zone. I care right. about, but you know how I'm going to break out of zone? I'm going to chase Superman out of the zone. And I, I think it's just and when, when I see and I guess my the, the short answer to the, the, the caller or, you know, anybody chiming in on you know, the emotional investment of a, of a coach is don't be right. You don't need to be. There is no emotional attachment. There isn't. It's it's like if you're having anxiety about coaching children. Then you you're the problem not the kids, not the circumstances, not the league you're in, not the level you're coaching. It's the, it's the fact that you're taking this way too seriously. And you're, you know, I'd be more worried about, wow, are my kids, like, are those kids eating right? And like, I'm more invested in like, am I going to send that kid home with his dad? Who's been up at the bar for the whole two hours of practice. Like that's where I get emotional. Like, I'm like, I'm, I'm more like, Oh geez. Like, like, I, I just want to make sure the kids had fun and had a ball and not think about whether or not I taught them the one, two, two for the last hour.
0: Well, and I want to reiterate, too, that, again, we're, we're kind of alluding this to the younger levels. This is absolutely true at the higher levels, too, Mike. I mean, again, there's a little more expectation on the outcome right. of practice. But even if you're working tactics, it, it's not always the most fun thing in the world. But practice is a team having fun at 18 years old is a team that's winning. Right. And, and again, look, look. I always said this, too, because I, I always inevitably get a parent coming up to me and saying, hey, look, I listen to the show. You know, I know it's got to be fun, but what about being competitive? Well, I agree with you. Being competitive can be fun, but you got to teach them how to compete. We, we had a whole episode about that, too. Right. Like like competitiveness can be taught and it can be fun. You know how to teach competitiveness? Small area games. Right.
1: You or- want if you want to contact me right now, I run I run a learn to play program for the New York Rangers. And is that, a, the, is that
0: a good team?
1: The New York Rangers? Are they the little, the little, little Rangers, but the I follow the New York Rangers. I do follow the New York Rangers. I feel Rangers. like I should know who they are. I had to introduce a, a Ranger the other day. That's a whole nother podcast, but I didn't know the person's name. And I'm like, and hey, now a member of the New York Rangers is here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like looking at me, like, you don't know my, you don't know, you know who I am. I'm like, listen, Yeah,
0: I'm
1: dealing with eight year olds every day. I said, I have no time to watch NHL. So, <laughs> so the, so, so the, the, The premise here, right, is that we run a high performance training environment, six station, high performance training environment with kids that have no business being in a high performance training environment because they're not high performance players. But we run it the same as I would with uh, you. If you have the best 12U team in the country right now, I will share this practice plan with you and your kids will learn more. Have more fun, be more engaged, and it will benefit them at a high performance level. It's just, it's just what you insert into that. The six stations are all fun. They're all battle drills. They're all competitive. There's a winner and a loser. You can do that. It doesn't, you know, to your, you know, your point is exactly the point I try to make all the time, is that my ability not to be crazily emotionally involved in wins and losses and over the top about what kids are learning has nothing to do with the competitive nature of where I want the kids to be right. Two kids that can hardly even skate can compete against each other and they can win and they can lose. Like I can, we can teach that there's a, that there's, there is meaning between losing a battle. Like it, it, there's a, there's a, but I want to teach you to want to win
0: that battle. Right. There's a way to teach that. That, And and, 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 and I, I think
1: you can do it without, you know, be- beating the hell out of yourself emotionally that you're not teaching that because inherently kids want to compete. You put kids, listen, you see it all the time, right? I mean, you put kids in two different environments. You put a kid in an environment where they could win a prize and they try harder. Right. And the ones that don't, and I, I say this in sport a lot, the kids that don't try harder won't. And they won't, they just won't be that kid. They're not going to be the kid that's going to be your Stanley Cup winner. Well, and, not, and like that's if, okay. We can only, we can only, yeah. all, we can only aspire to who we're going to be. Yeah, I can't make you be a competitive kid if you're not.
0: Yeah, uh, Wayne Gretzky said that too. You know, a woman came up to him and said, "You know, can you tell me? Yeah, what oh, do you do?" Yeah, yeah. And, right. he, and he said, "No, I can't. You either want to or you don't." And, and it, look, here's the other thing with some of the anxiety or the, the 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 emotional draining. If that's not your kid yet, that's okay. It's okay. I don't I don't know how else to say it. It's okay. Right. The kid will learn to do that when they learn to do that. You can inspire them. The best way to do it is to show it through action. But if your nine year old isn't super competitive yet, you gotta be you gotta meet them where they're at. You can't if they may never be. Yeah, and if I'm it, saying that's okay. That's yeah. okay. It's not for everybody. But like, is it is like, that is a that, that is,
1: emo- is anxiety provoking. It is it is emotionally if you're a comp- like if you come from that loin of 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 being an ultra competitor. Sure
0: but that's it's hard
1: to watch a child not be
0: well. And, and Mike, that's better. what I'm saying. Like my, I'm going to say it, my children, although they have many aspects of me and my wife, they are not me and they're not my wife. Right. And if they choose to go a different path, that's fine too. And I think the acceptance of that and the understanding of that and making sure that you're not kind of, kind of, uh, you know, reflecting on them too much in that way. If I'm, I was competitive, no, they might not be, and you know, what's funny, Mike, every time I feel like I take a step back. For my kids, they 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 advance in those ways that I've been wanting them to. Sometimes they need someone else to tell them. Right? Can't always be you. Again, or they
1: find they find the path. And I think you know that yeah. goes back to the original conversation about, you know, the whole emotional uh, investment in, in, in kids is is you forget what was the emotional investment your coach had of you when you were a kid. And not many of us had the screamer and the yeller and the guy beating you up and beating you down at six. We just don't remember yeah. it. Yeah. Like somewhere too. somewhere we were inspired to continue to play right somewhere we, we found the the, the reason the to want to go to the rink
0: well you you had a love for it right yeah but and that it, wasn't it,
1: from it, guys beating you up
0: no that def, definitely not i mean there there were times i remember when i got older i wanted to be pushed but it wasn't a negative thing it was it was very positive right or if i if i didn't do something right a, a great coach would know how to challenge me in a way that i would respond to and i'll be honest with you the bad coaches didn't they didn't know how to how to speak yeah. to me or other players, for that matter. Um, look, let's just end the show on this. <clears throat> if you feel like you're emotionally drained, which is probably a lot, a lot of people listening, right? It, I'm it, emotionally we, drained right now. Yeah, <laughs> that's why we do the show. Look, the first thing you got to do is, it you know, first step of any solving any problem is admitting there is a problem, right? Is say to yourself, okay, I am emotionally drained. I am. I get a lot of anxiety from practice. I get an, you know, I don't want to be there or whatever. I, I have negative feelings towards hockey and coaching. Acknowledge those feelings. All right. That's the first step. Don't live in it because you're just going to keep getting worse or drowning. Once you've acknowledged those feelings, do an audit of yourself first, not the kids or the parents or the situation. Okay. What do you need to change as a coach to, 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 to change how practice is being run? It might take one snap of the fingers practice. It might take five practices. It might take a whole season, but what do you need to change about the way you're approaching practice? Is it preparedness? Is it the drills? Is it the way your face looks on the ice? Is it how you're speaking to the kids? Do an audit of that. Okay. Probably not doing everything wrong. Might not be doing anything wrong. Just do an audit of that. Then three is the implementation. Come to practice with a new, a new, uh, a new emotional state. I, I, I hate saying this, but I'm gonna say it. You know, relax. Just relax. All right. Again, if you're coaching youth hockey, relax. All right. It's it is it is never as intense as you'd like it to be. Don't worry about what are the parents going to think of my drills. You need to be worried about what you think of your drills. You need to be able to leave the practice. And like this is my, this is my bar. I want to leave the practice knowing, hey, I did a great job for those kids today. And if a parent comes up to me and says, why didn't you work on this? Sure. Let, I mean, hopefully it's 24 hours later, <laughs> but we could have that discussion. But I want to leave knowing I did a great job today. I don't ever want to leave thinking, oh, I hope I made the parents happy today with the drills that we did. No offense, parents. All right. That's that's I if I'm selected for the coaching role, it's my job to do that. And I also equally want the kids to leave thinking, man, I had such fun at practice today. Like they're they're on the same level to me. Probably the kids a little higher. All right. But I'm going to say it again. Just relax. You're doing great. You're doing a great job. All right. I'm telling you right now, any coach listening to this, I really mean this. If you're volunteering your time. Thank you. I appreciate you. I really, really do. Referees, the same thing. Most of you. Right relax. (laughs) You're doing good. Just take it a day at a time. Make the rink a place that you want to be. Make the rink a place to be happy. I don't care if your kids can't skate or you have a triple A might team, which shouldn't exist. All right. I don't care where you are on that scale. Thank you for coaching. You're doing a great job. Parents, parents, for the most part, not every coach deserves to hear that. All right. When's the last time you told your coach? hey, I really appreciate you, you teaching the kids, even if it's in text form. Some of you do. I get that all the time. I got great parents that that let us know. Thank you, coaches. It goes so much farther than you think for the 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 man or woman coming there to teach your kids, right? And look, if you think they're doing a horrible job, you don't have to do that, okay? But just think about it. Relax. <laughs> it's, it's, there's no, there is no game or tournament. Under 15 years old, I can make an argument for above it, too, that is going to make or break your kid's quote-unquote career. There's not one. I don't care if it is a showcase in front of NHL coaches. It won't matter if the kid does not love the game It isn't enjoying the game and, and finds their love for the game. It won't matter. Relax. I appreciate you. You should, too. Mike, I'll give you the last word before I close it up.
1: Listen, I'm just... These, these coaches are putting in their time, and if you're if you're if you think the coach stinks, they don't know what they're doing. Then wait till the end of the year and leave the coach. You signed up, yeah. You if you followed the podcast for the last three years, you did your research. You found out what team you're going on. You found out who the coach was. Found out what that coach is like. I guarantee you, ninety eight point ninety nine percent of the coaches that are doing this aren't doing it to hurt your kid. Oh, yeah. They're not doing it because they don't like doing it. They don't. They're not doing it because. They think that uh, they're going to, you know, they're going to, they're going to, they want to get a letter from you at the end of the year saying what a horrible person you are. They're not doing that. They're not, they're not, that's not how they go into it. Are they a good coach? They're, they're, who cares? They are what they are. They, they, they're, they're giving their time to come to your practice and your games, 26 weeks of the year, giving up their life to come do this. You don't have to, you know, appreciate it is, is an understatement. You need to just accept the fact that this is the coach you're with and then teach your kids and the other parents that are in the stands with you how to deal with that, and then you change it. I I, I don't – I think in all – I rarely have seen a coach get dismissed midway through a season. I mean, it's happened every now and then. But for winning and losing, no. No. I mean, come on. This is not the NHL. It's not – college. even in college, you don't see it. Like, they just stick it out somehow. Like, they're like, okay, we got to make it work. You know, and let's just keep making it work. And let's use this as a teaching, uh, you know, any, anybody I advise or talk to, I'm like, listen, let's use this as a teaching tool. What can you supplement outside of what you don't think you're getting? And then you can, and then in March, you reevaluate what you've done. But <laughs> in overall, the, 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 the anxiety here is mostly, you know, I think when we're talking about a coach having anxiety, sit back, have fun, appreciate the parents that appreciate you. Wipe good out idea. the parents that don't, because I, I guarantee it's not like, you know, everybody says, I go, who's everybody? Who's everybody? Tell me exactly who everybody is.
0: Everyone says, Mike, your defense coaching is bad. Everybody. Right.
1: Who's everybody? Well, the other two, the other two guys I I, I I have, I go to the country club with. OK, good. Those two guys who anybody else? Well, I, I heard that some no, no. who who is specifically. They can't come up with the answer. There is sounds no like, sounds there, there, like the uh, news media. There's no everybody. There's yeah. There's no everybody. <laughs> tell me specifically who's upset with me. Nobody. Okay. Why? Let's move on. Let's move on from there. So I think I think at the end of the day, it's it's never as bad as you probably think it is. It's probably better than you think it is because most people don't go out of their way to tell you how great it is. They just accept that it's great. And uh, you know, like, yeah. I got you know, my my kids hate you know. I'm like I'm like every single practice. I'm like, shh, 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 turn around, go say thank you. Oh yeah yeah. I forgot. Like yeah. like and, that, and I've seen it, yeah. it. and yeah. it's funny like at the at the midget level now the 16U level. I can't remember a time that I've been out getting off the ice where every player hasn't come and fist bumped me after practice. Like it doesn't happen anymore. Like these kids just are, they know, like, okay, I now, now I'm at the age where I'm going to appreciate this. Like I'm getting this great opportunity. I'm going to go show that coach that I appreciate that opportunity. Yeah. Right. So that's kind of the pendulum of, of knowing like, and then, and you know, the funny thing is like, for me, I notice the kids that don't do it that don't care. They don't even care about being out there. I'm like, okay, well, that kid's not getting a, he ain't getting a recommendation from me. I mean, I like him. I think he's a great person, but I'm like, yeah, he didn't do anything for me. Like he doesn't do anything that that I would go out of my way to help that player. Like, Oh my God, I got to help you. But you know what? The kid that fist bumps me, that picks up pucks, that says, thank you. you, you Not even gifts. The gift is the appreciation. The gift is, wow. Thanks for being out here tonight at at 1130 at night, coaching my kid and me. Like, That's the gift.
0: And and I'll say this too, Mike, it's a trained behavior uh, in the sense of this. It goes beyond hockey. Like if someone gave you the best hamburger you've ever had in your life, you might say this is the best burger I've ever had in my life. But would you tell the chef, would you go out of your way to find that chef at the restaurant and say, listen, I just want you to know this is the best hamburger I've ever had in my life. I want to be the person that would do that.
1: I start doing that now. I go get my haircut. I'm like, I got to tell this guy how great it was. I mean, I mean, I put my hat on again, but I, I I think it's like, I'm like, like, nobody tells anybody anything good. It's always easy
0: how bad it is. There's a lot of good out there. I'm going to say this. And and this is an exercise I've had people do. If you count the micro moments of positivity and negativity, day again, positivity would be like someone holding the door for you saying, thank you. uh, And negative, like someone cutting you off in traffic. Uh, most days, not all days, most days, the positives outweigh the negatives. We're just not trained to look for that. Right. And I right. I made a decision years ago, Mike, I want to be a person that that brings positivity into people's lives, right? I will tell people, thank you. If I had a great meal, I want, I tell the waiter, I try and find that, hey, it was really great. Now, I haven't had a haircut in years, Mike. I'm bald, but I can appreciate a good haircut. For there are many, that. many years that I did get haircuts. haircut. No, my, my point is this. if If you see something you like, tell the person if you can. You might make their year uh, and we don't, you're right, Mike, we don't do it enough. So
1: I actually feel uncomfortable in parents. Like that was the best practice I've ever been at. I'm like, really? Well, I mean, you must've been at some really bad practices. <laughs> but I think, you know, yeah. but, but, you know but I love, I mean, I I do it. I'm always like, it's so foreign, but it yeah. shouldn't be, shouldn't be. No, but
0: well, and and look, I'll, I'll close the episode. It helps
1: three. my it helps my practice anxiety for
0: sure. I, 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 your your emotional investment, I think that's where we wanted to change it to that. the The show is more from emotional anxiety to or emotionally draining to emotional investment. But you know, <laughs> Mike, I just realized this like while we're talking, just to close this out. You know, a lot of the advice that we share, a lot of the thoughts we have, uh, is really almost me talking to a younger version of myself. Right? Like, I feel like it's like okay, if I could sit down with myself fifteen years ago, yeah. What would I say? You know, it's like I said earlier, hey, Lee, relax. Like, I would have taught myself that. Um, and I really hope that, uh, and I well, actually I don't hope, I know uh, from your feedback, everybody listening, that, that you know, we're, we're helping people out there. And that really is the purpose of the show. Um, to close it out, I want to thank all of you once again. Not only does our audience grow daily, not only do we get great topics of discussion from you, uh, but we have maintained a top 10 podcast in hockey here for a bit. Um, which we're up against some pretty large hockey titans on the charts with that. So it's pretty amazing Mm -hmm. to me um, that you guys believe in us enough uh, to keep listening, to keep growing the show, to share the show. I get a lot of people, Mike, saying, hey, I shared this with my whole organization. And I want to practice what we're preaching, Mike, and just say to all of you, thank you. Uh, thank you for believing in us and what we're doing. And, and, and more importantly, having these conversations. Mike and I are just two people and Christy here, it's is three, but there's there's hundreds thousands of people that are registered to play hockey and coach hockey. And uh, you're having these conversations because at the end of the day, you want to reduce some of this anxiety. Remember, you're probably not crazy, but you do exist in a crazy culture. <laughs> That's why it feels crazy at times. But you're not crazy. Um, so I want to close it out with that, Mike, unless you got anything else.
1: I love it. No, I'm I'm getting I gotta do a practice plan right now. So get ready for practice Good. tonight. Uh, I'm gonna there steal go.
0: that practice plan you offered before. I would like to see that. As as we always share things like that. But everybody, thank you so much for listening to this edition of Our Kids Play Hockey. Again, share this episode. Uh, Five star reviews are always appreciated on uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google wherever you listen. Uh, and make sure remember we have a huge library now of podcasts that you can uh, look at and share on ourkidsplayhockey.com. But above all. Remember to enjoy the game. Remember to relax. Remember to be emotionally invested. You can check out all of that in the 200 episodes that we've done here at Our Kids Play Hockey. Have a great day, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Our Kids Play Hockey. Make sure to like and subscribe right now if you found value wherever you're listening, whether it's a podcast network, a social media network, or our website, ourkidsplayhockey.com. Also, make sure to check out our children's book, When Hockey Stops, at whenhockeystops.com a book that helps children deal with adversity in the game and in life. We're very proud of it. But thanks so much for listening to this edition of Our Kids Play Hockey, and we'll see you on the next episode.